In December of 2020, my daughter Amy and I had been out shopping and we're sitting on the Mowbray Hill at the traffic lights, waiting for our green light, when Amy asks, Mum, if that shipping container slid off the back of the truck in front of us, what would you do? Well, hun, I said, I suppose I'd see you on the other side. <laughs> to which she responded, oh, I don't know if I would. Now, this is one of those moments that I knew I just couldn't leave out there, you know? So as quickly and as safely as I could, I got us into the Woolies car park and turning to her, I said, you know, hun, you can have certainty about that. And so I proceeded to tell her, there as we sat in the car park, the same great story that we've all been sharing together over these last three weeks, about how we have all been condemned because of our sin. But Jesus, by becoming what we are, through his life, death, and resurrection, has made it possible for us to opt out to opt out of this death and be justified through faith, being declared righteous and found in Christ. And if any of those words seem a little strange to you this morning, can I please encourage you to go back into this series and become better acquainted with the language of our grace story. Well, I'm rather proud this morning to say that just before Christmas, a very bouncy Amy approached me in the kitchen one morning and whispered, There's a prouder moment. <laughs> so again, I'm in the kitchen dealing with food earlier this year, and Amy's just bobbing around, keeping me company, when she says, Mum, I'm going to be good. <laughs> and use the fruits of the Spirit every day and build up lots of treasure in heaven. I'm going to smudge my mascara. But did you hear what she said? I'm going to be good. And use the fruits of the Spirit 
every day and store up lots of treasure in heaven. I'm going to be good. Oh, don't we all often have these kinds of thoughts? Yeah? <laughs> that we need to be good, you know? Good enough for God, you know, to make him happy. And somehow I have to achieve this. I have to get my life together. And so we go looking for something to help us with that, you know. And so often we turn to things like the fruits of the Spirit or the Sermon on the Mount or the Law and the Ten Commandments. You know, like there's some kind of checklist that I can go over every day, you know. Mm, so how was my goodness today? Score of one to ten. Mm, how was my patience? <laughs> Here's my personal favourite. How was my long suffering today? <laughs> because there's this standard that I must reach and I must make myself reach it. And this is my self talk, you know, in my efforts to please God. Can anyone else relate to that kind of thinking? Yeah? That kind of effort, that kind of desire, that kind of wanting to be good and wanting to be better. And there's this sort of awkward tension that we get when we come to our salvation. You know, on one hand, I've just been declared justified, righteous in Christ. You know, woohoo, how good's that? Yeah? But on the other hand, I look in the mirror <laughs> and I look at my actions. And I look at my circumstances and I think, the two things just. So how do I fix it? Remember what Sandy said last week about the married couple, yeah? At the end of a ceremony, they are declared married, yeah, yeah? Mr. and Mrs. Aldred was declared about Royce and I 23 years ago, yeah? And I can assure you it's taken 23 years of walking that out for Royce and I to look like a married couple. Long suffering. <laughs> ah, long suffering, long suffering. <laughs> Who let that man in? <laughs> Being declared righteous and in Christ is true of my new status now in the kingdom of God. But for it to become a part of my living, breathing reality, I need to grow into it. This truth needs to work its way into every area of my life, my everyday life. And this is called sanctification, our big word for the day. Sanctification, being made holy by the work of the fellowship of the Spirit in us and the fellowship of the community around us, an ongoing work. Sanctification, a growth process. So how do things grow and what do they need? In our house, we have this picture. 
that I drew a few years back now, and I've used it quite a few times to illustrate this idea of growth and fruitfulness. And so I'm going to give you this morning kind of what I said to my sweet girl that day. And to help me out, I thought, why not invite Amy to the stage? <laughs> Morning, love. Morning. How you be? Good. Good. So, Amy, how does a fruit tree grow to be fruitful? I mean, does it sort of you know, make its fruit happen? You know, does it kind of, I don't know, like, squeeze it out or something? No, you need a seed, and you plant that seed into the dirt, and then it needs water and sunshine until it's grown big enough to flower. Then the tree needs a bee to come and pollinate the flower so that the fruit will form, and all that takes time. Yeah, yeah, well done. How good's that? Very good, science lesson in a Sunday morning service. Very good, so we need a seed, dirt, water, sunshine, a bee, and time. Yep. Okay, good. Growing fruit isn't something a tree can do alone. It needs help. And this is very natural and organic process because not every fruit tree is the same and not every tree is planted in the same location. So let's think about these things like this, all right? You ready? The seed, if you like, is us. And God brings us to new life at our salvation. This is what the scripture means when it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And as we saw last week, I am now found positioned in Christ. So the seed represents us. Us. And the seed is placed in Christ. Christ being represented in my picture by the dirt. Because Christ was 100% God and 100% human. Remember, Adam means human. It doesn't always mean a name. Um, and, the, and the word human, sorry, Adam, means earth. So the seed is? Me. And the dirt is? Christ. And I am now found in him. Now, can you guess which part of the picture represents God? The sunshine. Yeah, what made you think that? Because the sun is warm and big and watches over everything. She's nailed that one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Now, the word for spirit in both Hebrew and Greek means wind, breath. And from wind and from breath, we get energy. So I have illustrated the life of the spirit as the movement or energy of the water that brings an inner well of life and nourishment to the tree. So, Amy, what does that leave us with? The bee. Yeah, good. All right. Bees, where do they live? In hives. They do. Bees live in communities. So for me to become fruitful, I also need a community of others. Just like it says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, iron sharpens iron. 
and one man sharpens another. I need a community of others to pollinate me so that I can become fruitful. So do you think I could have some of your pollen this morning? Oh, yeah. Anything for a cuddle. Thanks, hon. Can you thank her this morning? So for a fruit tree to grow and be fruitful, it needs the fellowship of the Spirit, the warmth of God's love and care, the earthy connection we share with Jesus being found now in Christ, and the energy or breath of the Holy Spirit, plus the fellowship of others. All these things together support the tree's growth and development as it grows to become what was always true about it. Because the seed had all the potential to bear fruit already in it. It just needed the right environment to release that potential. And we being declared righteous and in Christ is our new potential, our new truth. We just need the right environment to help that potential grow and be released. And all this growing, well, it it takes time. So the book of Romans develops this theme over three chapters, chapter six, seven, and eight. So we're gonna be here for a while, you're right? (laughs) So let's dig in at Romans six, verses one to two. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? As new righteous believers, I am no longer in Adam. I am now in my new status in Christ. So how can I stay in that old way of life? I am now obligated Or remember what we heard last week, I am now a slave to righteousness, to growth. And isn't that what seeds want to do? Don't they want to grow? And can't we see that in Amy's story? Her desire to be good, to be better, but the how, hmm. That's where we can get stuck. And I think really, as I reflected on it, one of the main reasons we get stuck here is because I think we're just really used to having to fix things on our own all the time. We live in in quite an independent me kind of culture, you know. You can be whatever you want, you know. Your dreams can come true if you are willing to work hard enough to make them happen. Hmm. And so we go looking for something to fix this. Things like the fruits of the Spirit or the Sermon on the Man or the law, you know. And we start applying these things to our lives. But these really are just tools. Tools to help us see God's view, 
His dream for us, like we saw in our Sermon on the Mount series earlier this year. But they're actually powerless to kind of help create lasting change in our lives and circumstances. But being found now in Christ, I have become a part of a community. I have a new family. I have a new humanity. And in that humanity, I am no longer alone. For God declared back in Genesis 2 that it was not good for us to do life alone. And so, as part of my new status now in Christ, the fellowship of the Spirit dwells now within me through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So reading from Romans 8, verses 5 to 8, and verses 5 to 14 from the Message Bible, we read this. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing we can do is give it a decent burial and get on with our new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. I cannot, in my own ability grow into all that God has declared me to be. But God has empowered me with himself, with his spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, who we know as the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is gifted to us because we live now in Christ. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction for sin, assurance of our position in Christ and hope for the future. And this is what sanctification is. The work of the Holy Spirit making us more like Jesus. Holy. Because it was always God's desire that we grow and become all that he has for us. So I really can rest in confidence that the sanctification process is leading me towards good things. And I really just need to participate in what the Holy Spirit is doing. Because the Holy Spirit of God doesn't do this by himself. The Spirit looks for our cooperation. 
Paul talks later about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this word filled in this context means controlled. To be made like Jesus, I need to give control daily to the Holy Spirit. So wrapping up our big word series through the book of Romans, we have all been condemned because of our sin. But we can opt out. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, a way has been made open for us to be justified and declared righteous. And we are now, every day, being sanctified. And one day, we will be totally saved from the dark thread that is present in our world today and live with God forever our new future. So here's what I want you to do. Romans 12, verses 1 from the Message Bible. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. What is the Holy Spirit doing in you today? Where is he leading you? What is he growing in your life, in your circumstances today? Do you know? Embracing that is the best thing that you can do. Not comparing yourself, yourself to the fruits of the Spirit or the Sermon on the Mount or the law or even the love chapter. They're helpful tools. Or even comparing yourself to one another. That's why 
having the personal presence of the Holy Spirit with you daily in each of us to help us grow in our own natural and organic way and timing is so precious. So may you today spend some time with the Holy Spirit talking over your next step in your growth journey. And if for you this seems like a really strange idea, that's okay. We'd like to offer you any help and support that we can. Firstly, this series is available to you. Please, please watch any any session that you feel you might need to hear. We're going to have a team of people up the front this morning as well who would just love to pray with you and answer any questions that you might have. And also this morning, if you'd like to talk to somebody at our welcome desk, you're very welcome to. And we can put you in touch with one of our Alpha team and I know that they would be really blessed to do life alongside you as you explore your growth journey. Because every fruit tree needs a hive. Fruitfulness also needs a community of others. And here at Door of Hope, our mission is to not only be Jesus-centered, but also together in community. And only with those two things hand in hand will each of us grow to be the holy, righteous, in Christ sanctified people God has declared us to be. Amen.